UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. It'll only be like forty-five minutes to an hour. It's yeah, not. It's I'm not. not, I'm not like, I'm back okay. Here. What do you want to do? Okay. Hey guys. Well, oh, I gotta hit my. Oh, I'll go without the intro today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest. I have. Um, ever since I was young, I've always like had an affinity towards witchcraft. I don't dabble in it, in it that much. I've messed around with some sigils and stuff in the past, but. Like I said, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so there were a lot of movies in that stuff during as a kid. So it always had me had my intrigue. So when I heard this guy on Coast to Coast AM, I mean, I I always I always grew up with like listening to Art Bell and Evelyn Paglini when Art would have Evelyn Paglini on, and I've had Miss Aida on my show, and and you know a lot of so I've been around it for a long time, so I know a, a good bit about it. But the person I have on today is very experienced and he's dedicated his life to it. And who I have with me is Sal Santoro. He's the co-owner of the Crooked Path, a traditional witchcraft shop located in Burbank, California. With over 35 years of experience, Sal has practiced various occult systems, which has given him the ability to combine these structures and systems cohesively for practical ritual magic. His studies include traditional witchcraft, ceremonial magic, planetary magic, voodoo, and spellcraft. Sal continues to strive to make a cult accessible and inclusive to all those that seek it. His websites are thecrookedpathshop.com, and then he has a YouTube called Betwixt the Shadows, and his Instagram is uh, instagram.com slash thecrookedpath. And I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Sal, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, right on. Yeah, I, I I heard you're originally from Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm from Mass originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and so you guys like re- relocated out to Burbank. Is there like a bigger witchcraft community out there? Would you say or? Oh, I I left I left Massachusetts in 1985. So I was like 22 when I left Massachusetts. Oh wow, okay. And That's which cool. been some years. You know, I've been here yeah. my adult. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you, so what, how did you kind of get started on the magical path? Um, kind of growing up in New England, um, you know, during the, the, the late 70s and early 80s, there wasn't really much by way of information. So you kind of got, you know, had to go for what you could get. And um, I think one of the first things I ever uh, read was Mastering Witchcraft by Paul Hewson which was a book from the late seventies. And then I found Crowley from there and that started me. And so when I got to, when I got to Los Angeles, I just fell right in and found my first group. 
Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, I've always been fascinated with it myself. Like, I don't know why. Like, I've always had some kind of like affinity towards it. I, I can't explain it. Like, I I guess like I grew up in the eighties and nineties. Like, I'm a, I was born in nineteen eighty, so I was an Art Bell guy. You know, like I I I listened to Art Bell, and I don't know if you remember. Art would have this witch on. Her name was Evelyn Paglini. She would come on and talk about candle magic. Did you did you know her by any chance? No, I know who she was, but we never met. Definitely. Oh, but yeah, know, was, but that was like my like besides the movie The Crap. That was like my introduction into witchcraft. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, that was you know that was a, you know definitely someone that you know the millennial generations. Yeah, brought has what brought in from like the craft and fruits of bulk and all that stuff and and uh art bell was one of the one people that you could get to that would be touching on edgier things right so we yeah. didn't really have that in the 70s you know it wasn't yeah really strong. like we i guess i was lucky because i kind of grew up at a point where like we i was like i get the turn of the like when the internet came around right like, yeah i'm way before that so you know, I'm literally a boomer. You know, I'm not. I'm not a Gen Xer. So, you know, that time frame for me was definitely, you know, the. the well, how did you? How did you get your information then? Like, what what did you do? Because like before there was internet to get your information. Well, you just had to go to bookstores, and there were very few bookstores that really even had anything. It was usually, you know, when you looked it up, it was always ESP or you know, silly things about like you know working with that with extrasensory perception and the new age hippie generation and that 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 scene was still kind of prevalent but paul houston wrote that book mastering witchcraft and that was like a big starting point for me you know yeah um, one one thing that i was it was interesting was i uh i had carl abrahamson on my show who, who he has like an affiliation with the church of satan and he explained mm -hmm. to me a little bit about like that he said levay was kind of started the church of satan as a as a counter operation against like the hippies or kind of is that true it was very much a counter operative sure it was like a, it was basically a get off my lawn kind of fucking slacker thing you know He's very right. Yeah. It, that's why LeVay did that. It was more like a fuck you to that to that community, to the peace pot and microdot crowd, you know. And uh, he just capitalized on it, and he created a religion and a system that was very nihilistic, and it was awesome. And Anton LeVay was a great person. He was a great guy. I got to meet him. Um, he was actually absolutely a wonderful person. And his uh, grandson Stanton was my roommate. We lived together. So no shit. Family, you know. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, but okay, so let me ask you this. This might be a really simple question because, like I said, I'm like, I'm not real experienced in witchcraft, but like, how would you define magic with a K? Like, what would you say your definition of magic is? My definitely, it's 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 when people ask me that, I kind of get a little weird because I feel bad because I'm basically parroting and I don't like to parrot things, but. Crowley said it best, you know, it's causing change to conform to your will. And it's using objects in the microcosm to manipulate the outcome to make things go in your favor, in your will. Okay, can I tell you a story then? And I want to see how you react to it. Because sure. like, okay, so like I, I messed around with some sigils before. Like I said, I'm, I'm no master magic like you. But I, I've done, I've messed around with sigils. I know what to do, I, I, right? I, or at least I thought I knew what to do. 
And I, I want, I don't, and, and I heard you say something on your coast to coast interview on a side note. This is just a side note that you said that a lot of curses can be self-induced. Okay. So mm -hmm. keep that thought on the side of your mind when I tell you this story. So I did a sigil because I was, I had a phone sales job. This is going to sound hilarious. I've told this on my podcast before, but it's interesting. So I did this sigil and I was, I was putting so much intent to it that I wanted to outsell everybody at my company and I wanted to be the best salesman. And I, you know, like, and I, I would probably have like the give what it do, whatever it would take, like kind of attitude to get these sales. Right. So I did the sigil. I don't think I contracted it, but I did the sigil. Right. Then the next day at work, I sold like 12 phones and I sold like three cable plants because we were selling cable plants too. So I had to knock it out of the park day. Then the next day I got fired. So in my mind, I, something weird happened. Like, you know, like they said a customer didn't pay or whatever. So like in my mind, I thought that like, then I started to think like, this was like six years ago. Okay. I thought, and I thought that maybe sigils were evil and that I did something wrong or that maybe I summoned something. But now that I'm starting to learn, like, I think that was just a, 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 a coincidence, like that it's not the sigil. It's the, the person that it's, it's the, what would you say to that? I would definitely not pin it on the sigil. Um, you know, outcomes are outcomes. Uh, you know, it, it, it did its job in a practical kind of way, but maybe, you know, you know, we, we have, we as people tend to um, look at things that appear negative um, at first, but maybe there's a bigger reason for it. And, you know, you lost a job, but what did you gain from that later? You know, I'll tell you what exactly what I gained. That, that, that basically the nine to five is bullshit. That's why I'm doing mm -hmm. this podcast. That like that, yeah. like that, 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 that doing a sales job isn't good for your soul. Yeah, that's kind of and, and I think that was a big lesson to gain. Yeah. And that's I think that's, you know, that when you work with sigils, the thing about sigil work and, and any type of spellcraft is you have to be very specific on every word that you say because it's going to read and give you what it is that it says you know what i mean i'm not saying that you did something wrong but other you know just for other people you know you have to i tell I always tell people it's wordology it's 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 how your phrasing is and what you're implying that you're spe specifically wanting and when you want something look at the macrocosmic sense of what you're wanting what's it going to bring from that you know, because yeah. it will open up those areas. Well, I mean, like me, like I believe in Psy. Like I don't, it seems like you don't believe too much in Psy because you kind of said ESP was bullshit. Like in Psy, psychic ability. Like, you know, like I. I, I said that? You, you said, you said when we were talking about stuff before, you said people were kind of looking. You said the only books you could find were like on oh, ESPA. Oh, yeah, that was just the general, I'm not saying I think it's bullshit. I was saying that. It's just that's all that was out there in the seventies. Oh, okay, okay. Because on anything else, like because you know what, I mean? what, what, what yeah. I was getting at with with, with what, what like with this side, what I'm trying to get at is it seems like like consciousness is like and what what we can do with our consciousness, we can remote view, we can we can tell we can almost talk telepathy. There's so much we can do. People can bend spoons. They can you know it's it's like proven right. Like so, what I'm saying is when we do a spell. Is it in the ingredients? Because I know like Evelyn Paglini said that like 
our candles would talk to her. And she said, your candles should talk to you. Like the flame would, would, would react. Like if you were getting a better reaction from the candle, the flame would go up. Or if you're, you weren't getting a, a good reaction, your flame would go down. I don't know I if that's true. I absolutely disagree with that. But so what I'm saying is, is how much of it is in the ingredients of the spell and how much of it is in the mind? I believe that the ingredients have a lot to do with it. Um, I believe in the, the physical um, energy that is transmuted off of the planets and, and through the herbs that are governed by them and the oils. Um, yeah. You, know, I, 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 you can say it's you. Sure, you have a lot to do with it being the magician or the sorcerer. But um, I also believe it has, it's like, oh, I'm not going to use these oils. I'm going to use this, this pencil and... I'm going to use the, the jelly in the jar and some peanut butter instead of these essential oils and herbs. I don't think that's going to work. I don't, I, I don't put my, you know, my views into, um, you know, just tr transmitting what I feel into an object, therefore making it powerful. There's this, there's, there's a degree to that, but there's also, you know, more to it than that. You know, there's these things that fall into like is like and correlation is correlation wallace budge uh who wrote the golden bow explains that you know that's where we get the ideas on sympathetic magic and 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 things of that nature so that's how i i view that and like when you were talking about the woman talking about watching your candles i don't agree the reason i don't agree with that is because I don't need a candle flame to tell me the outcome of a situation because I'm enforcing my outcome. I don't need, I like that. I, I'm not using it for di to divine. I'm using, you know, if I'm lighting a candle for divination or chiromancy or dripping wax and water to read a result, then that's for divination. But I don't confuse that with my spellcraft. My spellcraft is, is set up. And when I execute my work, it's already done. I don't need to uh, to see it. The candle burns to the left or to the right, or if the flame goes high or low, or if there's black soot against the glass. And a lot of that that stuff really, um, and I'm not saying that person individually, but this is where a lot of chicanery comes into play in modern times with people doing spellcraft. Is you'll get people that are not reputable in their work. And they go ahead and they will be like, okay, burn this candle. If it does this, then you've got a curse on you. Then come back and see me and I will give you the answer for the curse, of course, which is going to cost some money. And then before you know it, you're spending a monthly stipend on this relieving this curse because the candle went black. When what you what they didn't tell you was they made the candle and they put, put components in it to black the sides of the candle when you lit it. And this is, this is where you shouldn't, try to read an object like that. It's a tool that allows you to manipulate things on the microcosm to cause change in the macro to manifest back down here again. I don't want to I, read it. I like that. It sounds like you have like a no BS type approach towards magic. I do. It's practicum. I don't, I don't, I don't lace it into spirituality. I don't necessarily lace it into spirituality you know, my spirituality or my religion. Um, yes, I worship old gods, but I I am very uh, specific about my deities and the deity that I choose to work with. And I don't knock on her door whenever I want 
to borrow the proverbial cup of sugar. You know, um, I take you it. Take it. You take the sugar is what you're will. saying. You're saying I'm coming for this sugar and I'm taking it. Yeah, and I don't need a God to do that. The God, a God is there to, to work with me macrocosmically, to allow me to grow spiritually, to um, come to terms with the different aspects of my subconscious and, and my growth as a human being, as a good person. But that has nothing to do with my witchcraft. So do you, would you say that you have more, 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 like more of a, like a satanic approach towards witchcraft or, or magic? Uh, I would say it's got a Luciferian bend to it. Um, definitely. I, I don't have a problem with what people construe as black magic. Um, I don't call it that. I just call it, you know, it's the work at hand. And sometimes, sometimes I am, you know, the hat that I'm wearing, um, maybe produces an effect that would some cons would be considered to be a negative, um, um, sometimes I'm here to bind a situation or stop a person or, um, shut a person down. I, I mean, I don't do death magic cause I don't, it, that's not my place to do that. Um, but I definitely have no problem with, um, doing spellcraft to get a job done. Um, and, um, and, 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 and I don't weigh it against light or lack of light. That's just, that's fascinating. Another color spectrum. One thing I wanted to bring up is you mentioned the old gods. Like in your mind, who are the old gods to you? Like, I mean, are, are they archetypes or are they actual deities that you can work with? No, to, I, to, to get a... I straight up worship Akate every day of my life. I pray to her every night when I go to bed and I pray to her every morning when I get up. Um, very much like a Catholic would. Uh, I live my life by Akate. Uh, she's the beginning and the end. She's the breath in my lungs. She is promorphosized. She is real. She's not an archetype. She's a deity. And I, I believe mean, that I, she exists. Um, she's the one that I work with. I mean, that I, I love the fact that you found Hikate. Like, I, I, I heard the story. I heard you tell the story on Coast to Coast of how you found her. Can you talk about how you found Hikate? Oh, you were showing your... Well, yeah, that you're looking at the three realms. The three, there's, that is like a, a really large uh, armoire. And it has three realms to it. There's the Chthonic realm, there's the Earth realm, and then there's the Soteric or Uranic realm up top. So these are the three realms of her. Um, and when I work with, I mean, Ekate came to me in Greece uh, when I when I came home before I before I opened the store. I mean, I've been practicing and 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 practicing spellcraft and magic since 1982. Seriously, um, I have different di different traditions. I have different baptisms that I've experienced, and I've done Wiccan traditions. I've uh, practiced the Satanic traditions. I was in the Golden Dawn twice. Um, I have background in in some some OTO work in Salima. Um, I also understand the Vudan systems. Um, I and so I have a lot of studying and practicum in in, in the histories of all these things. Um, but my whole life prior to going to Greece, um, I would take on a God form or an archetype, as you would say, or, or another word for that would be a deific mask. And, um, I would impose myself within that space, do the work and then exit from it and move on with my life. Um, 
But when Yakate came to me, it was just the way it was. She came, she made herself come in form. I'm completely sober for my whole life. I don't do drugs or alcohol ever. I'm very straight edge. Um, but she came to me uh, two days after we got back from Greece and she gave me a job and she's like, this is what you're going to do. And one of those things was opening the store. And once I opened the store, I was going to create a temple to her and put her calling card, which are two torches on the outside of our store and people would come and they do. And now and your store is beautiful, by the way, your store is amazing. Like I saw your website and anybody that, that, that hasn't seen your website, I, I encourage all my fans or anybody that sees this on YouTube to go to the crookedpathshop.com. I mean, it's fascinating. Matter of fact, like I'm probably going to order something from your online store after we get off here. I mean, because it's, 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 it's really cool. Like, like I said, I'm new to all this, like, but I'm a firm believer. I, okay. Like I, I cover all, I'm like Art Bell, right? Like I, I, I like, I want to cover the UFOs and I want to cover consciousness, but I also want to cover witchcraft, but I also want to sure. cover people who say they've been abducted and I want to cover Psy and all that stuff. Your psychic That's ability, beautiful. you know, like, you know, but, but like some people like frown on me cause they're like, Oh, you don't want to cover magic. That's dark or whatever, but it's not though. I don't think it is. I no, think it's, it's us using our consciousness. And I like everything that you said that like, it's like, it's us imposing our will on what our desired one is. Is that yeah. correct? Why should you be a sheep? Why do you need, why is it so bad that we oppose our will on something? It's our microcosm. It's our, it's our environment that we're imposing that will. And there's nothing wrong with that. We, we, people do it, but they do it passive aggressively and they deal it like mealy mouth little pussies. You know, the only difference between us and them is we're out about it and we don't, we don't call it out. You know, I'm a good fucking person. I care about people and I'll go out of my way. I mean, the last thing I think about in my store is whether you're buying a candle. I don't give a shit whether you buy a candle from me. You know, you can go next door and buy it, but I want you to get a message. I want you to see that you can do these things yourself and you are that person that can impose that will and you can work with the old gods and there's nothing wrong with the Christ consciousness. I, I had a guy come into my store yesterday and try to discuss to, with me um, about the coming of Jesus and the will of Christ and he thought I was going to be all offensive and I was actually his buddy. I mean, I don't, got, I don't have anything against Christ. He's just another deity in a, in a realm of deities. It just so happens that some people have got kind of got caught in the bottleneck and they, they can't see past it. You know, um, you know, it's very mythriatic when you look at Christ. He's very Osiris, right? Um, very Dionysus. Yeah, and I and Di, exactly Dionysian rituals. It's the same stuff, you know. And there's nothing wrong with with the Christ consciousness because the Christ consciousness, like Buddha or like Osiris or Dionysus, they, they ascended up the tree of life. They went from Malkut back to Keter, you know, in Kabbalah. That's the ascension up the middle pillar. And there's nothing wrong with that ascension. Christ was an amazing being. That, but that's just one in, the, in, in many. And it's not him that was the problem. It's the people that followed him around blindly. You know, it's the sheep. Yeah, I agree. It's the, it's the, it's the dogmatic... Yeah religious yeah. that like the, the, the evangelical type people, like, you know, like I, I have so many people that are subscribed to my channel that they tune in for my ET, like UFO stuff that they've been done wrong by religion. So like that when I have someone religious on my show, they get pissed because they're like, you know, we've been done wrong by this. Like, 
You know, like it, that's kind of, you know, like, or they've had a bad experience. Let's put it that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, so, I mean, let, let me ask you this though. One, one thing I wanted to ask you about was you said you went to Greece. Like I have part Greek heritage. Like I'm, I have heritage all over that area. I'm part Lebanese and I'm part Greek. Like, and I've always like like looked into like I've been interested in Babylonian magic, and then like yeah, I've heard of the, the Italian strega too, like the 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 stregas, the, the the Italian witches. But like, is there a Greek tradition for magic? I would guess there's a tradition for magic all over the world, right? Well, magic. That's where magic comes from. <laughs> I think. I mean, and the and and being Lebanese, and the belt of Asia Minor, and through uh, even through Syria. Over you know in that whole that that's where Hecate comes from. Yeah. So Hecate is actually Asia Minor. She's really not even Greek. She's from Caria. She's from different areas that became part of Greece. But when you look at her her origination points, she was very much in line with like like the Inanna energies and like uh, and the the Cretan snake goddess. Um, you know the, the proto the proto hecate is not it, it it's not specifically that greek energy it was it was all through the asia minor region where your lineage comes from is where she was born i believe that and and magic is very in there they don't have a word for it like we do here um but in sorcering and and in sorceries and all those type of things the pgm itself is largely the Greek magical papyri and it's working with the Chthonic deities and the Iranic deities and, and, and going to them. And this is where we get our Defixian tablets from and, and all these objects that we use in magic. It all comes from the, the seven ancient spheres. My whole system of magic is Ptolemaic. Ptolemy is it's a Greek philosophy, right? And it was the seven spheres of the seven ancient planets. And you can, Every one of them is also associated to the to the Greek vowels, and when you hit the resonance of each one of those vowels, you can cause change with that, and you can do the same thing with color spectrums. Now the color spectrum comes in from Kabbalah, okay, but the rest of it was all Ptolemaic and some Chaldean. But so your part of the world is the birth of it all. Is this what you're teaching in your coven? Uh, yeah, one of yeah, partially. Sure. This sounds awesome. This sounds like you're blowing my mind. This is amazing stuff, man. Like this is this is really interesting stuff. Like Thank you. it's uh yeah. Um, now what what I wanted to ask you was let me think here. Uh, oh, you mentioned the 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 how did you say it? the what tablets the 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 dis distain tablets or the which one the distain tablets? I don't know how you said that. That comes from the the I think it's planetary magic you were referring to. Oh, Ptolemaic scale and planetary. So Ptolemy. Ptolemy's yeah. philosophy, right? He believed that each of the seven planets had a certain resonance and power that attached to things that we, we, you know, ways we could use it so we could cause change. So when you look at like something like Mercury, Mercury is going to is going to go ahead and bring in communication and technology and art and science, and so this is where you get your command square of Mercury. It's based on 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 the energies of of Mercury that come through the Ptolemaic scale, 
um, we associate it though through the colors of Kabbalah because the colors of Kabbalah, there's 10 Sephiroth on the tree of life and seven of the 10 are the planets that associate through, through that Greek system, right? And, and when you look at the Sephiroth on the tree, the way things drop down into the pendant of Malkuth is, is the influx of the emotion and the energy and all the aspects of the tree of life down into our microcosm. And so we That's can fascinating. colors to cause these things to happen. You know, where orange is Mercury, blue is Jupiter, green is Venus, um, black is Saturn, yellow is the sun, and, and actually violet is the moon. You know, now in pop culture, violet is now white and Venus is now pink. But that's because um, pop culture has kind of recolorized it. Right. And, but it's like being in this country. Whenever we, whenever everybody, somebody comes in the store and they want to do something with money, they buy a green candle. Okay. Um, because they associate it with the dollar sign, but oh, that's so microcosmic in thought, because if you go to Europe, the it, it's not green. That's only here. Right. So it's just what we're trained to think through kind of pop culture views. Um, but you know, when you start looking at the colors of the planets, these are all create, these are all correlated to the, the Sephiroth. You know, Venus being Netzach, Hod is Mercury, Yesod is the moon, Typhirit is the sun, um, Bina is Saturn, Gibura is Mars, Chesed is Jupiter. So these are all the seven planets. And when you That's harmonize, yeah, this is where we get the days of the week. Why is it Monday? Because it's Moon Day. Why is two? What is Tuesday? How do you say Tuesday in French? It's Mars Day, Mars Day, right? Okay. Then Wednesday, Mercury. Thursday, Jupiter. Friday, Venus. Friday, Venus Day. Saturn Day. Sunday. And this is where you build your Kamaic squares or your or your planetary uh, influences off of the days of the week because you know on Wednesday you can hit Mercury at its best spot. Okay? That's how you line up your spellcraft in Ptolemaic structure. That's fascinating. Man, you really are a brain when it comes to magic. One thing I wanted to ask you about that you brought up on Coast to Coast, and it goes back to Hecate. Do you think that she might have come from an alien species or that she that they that she's from like an ancient alien species? I believe theoretically. I mean, I can't I have no proof of this. Yeah. But I believe that all the old gods were 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 definitely alien. I mean, I think that like when I'm looking behind you, the Anunnaki. I mean, that is 100% it. I totally believe that. Remember that alien ships and alien craft and alien beings are in all the Renaissance and, and art before it. They've always been there. They, uh, you know, what, what would be a god to a primitive people? Something that comes from the sky. When they explain the Urias disks and the solar glow and all that stuff coming off the head, that it, it now makes more sense. So yeah, I complete I completely think Ekate probably was was of some alien form. She's not here. That's why also when we work with her, um, one of the best ways to work with her also is working with Tektite. You know, uh, or media. I got a question. 
where does she come from in the lineage? And does she does she trace back? Do you think she traced back to uh, Sumerian literature? Okay, for example, like do you know how like in like how Enki could be Poseidon, and I think he and how Enlil and can also be yeah, Apollo or Zeus. Enlil could also be Zeus. Can Hakate be someone in Sumerian? And where does her lineage go back to? Um, you know. I, I'm, I'm not great at this. I'm not going to lie to you, but you are, I can tell you that you're absolutely right. The conflation of deities geographically around our world is going to happen. You know, whether you, you see, you see the Inanna aspect, you see the Kali aspect in Hecate, you see the Isis aspect in Hecate, you see the Nephthys aspect in Hecate, you see Goldveg in the Nordic tradition, Hecate, you see Oya in the Centuria tradition, Hecate. These are all, it, it, these are just other names geographically placed, but that goes with every deity. You know, when you look at Legba in, in the Vudun, which is Elehua, which is Loki, which is Ganesh, which is Thoth, which is Mercury, which is Hermes. It's the same God. It's just that, you know, they- I had different no clue. See. I had knew the, no clue that Elegwa was equivalent to Thoth. Like I have a friend, he's really into voodoo and he uh, he talks about that he wants to do a seance and get Papa Legba to show up. And I was like, dude, I was like, you don't know what you're messing with. I was like, cause he's like, yes, yeah, so he's like a novice. He just thinks it's something interesting. It's like, you know, like do that it, but you i mean like i heard you're supposed to leave him out like candy and rum and stuff like you that he likes stuff like i have that. an altar to him i've worked you, oh you have an altar to papa legba oh sure in my store when you walk in the door as soon as you walk in the door on the left on the floor is, is his altar that's so dope, man. You, you, dude, you're like so awesome with this stuff. I'm so glad I ran into you. Like, I want this is all the stuff I want to learn about. This is so cool, man. Like, seriously, like this, this really is interesting. Like, and I think we're we're get we're touching on a lot more stuff than you kind of covered in your coast to coast interview. I love coast to coast, but like, I think we're going a little bit deeper. But one I'm thing I want, I just want to share. You know, the thing is, is like. I'm not right on every single thing. I'm a human being. I screw up. I sometimes I say things by accident or say the wrong thing at the wrong, you know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I, it's not perfect. I, and I don't enforce my intent on anybody else magically on, on views. Um, everybody has to have views in magic and the occult. One of the most important things to take into consideration when you're dealing with magic is we want people to disagree. Because if we all agree, then it's static and then it dies, right? Then we're yeah. here. We don't want that. We don't, we don't want static. We want individual thought. I don't, people don't need to agree with me necessarily. We can have similarities and then we can have opposing views, but that's what makes magic stay alive. You have a very punk rock approach towards magic, it feels like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm from the punk rock generation. You know, I saw Black Flag and Minor Threat in 81. You know, it's like, those are my bands. Flipper. Yeah, I, 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 grew, I grew up with that stuff too. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit later, but you know, I, I grew, I love that stuff too. It's awesome, yeah. man. One thing, one thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the Kabbalah. Like, where does that come from? And like, how does that relate? And like, who practices it? Where, where does that, where, I want to know all about it. I don't know anything about it. Like, all right. Well, I, I can't give you a full dissertation on Kabbalah because I've been studying it since 1990 and you could, what I know you could fill with, you could fill a thimble. Okay. To be truthfully someone that studies Kabbalah full time, it is an entire lifetime of dedication. 
Um, but a Kabbalah, Kabbalah is actually not, it's knowledge attained. Okay. The, and it is based on Hebrew mysticism and it's based on 10 spheres or sephirot that are emanations on the tree of life that can equate to a light of Freudian analysis. Um, but it makes up each one of us. And the, the top sephira on the tree is Keter. And Keter is above that would be the, the Ainsofer. And Ainsofer is the limitless light that brings down from the darkness of the void above into this culmination of Godhead. And from there, it drips down into the supernal, which is Hokma, which is the divine father aspect. And then across over to the left, if you're looking at the tree, to the mother, which is Bina, okay? And then it starts to trickle down into further into what would become the manifestation in Malkut at the very bottom, right above Malkut in center above on the middle pillar, because there's three pillars. There is the pillar. If you're looking, if you're looking at my fingers right now, okay, and what you're seeing would be, um, it's hard for me to do this in reverse. This would be severity, mercy, and then mercy, severity, middle pillar, and then mercy, okay? So these are the three pillars. Um, the mercy pillar is where the, the fraternal energy comes in on the right, if you're looking at it. And the uh, severity pillar is on the left, which is black, okay? And um, you'll, you'll notice this when you look at the High Priestess Tarot card. Okay, so now in, uh, with that, in the middle is the pillar of mildness, which is where Keter lines up at the very top. Now, if you follow that right down to the bottom, that is Malkut, which is the microcosm, which is where we reside. It's the four basic elements that we live within. Now, directly above that in the middle pillar is the second sephira, which is Yesod. And Yesod is... Um, kind of where the astral plane would reside, okay? And then to the left of that would be Hode, which would be Mercury in severity. To the right would be Netzach in mercy. And then above above Yesod would now be Tithirat, which would be yellow. And then to the left of that would be um, on the severity side, which would be Gabura. On the right opposing Gabura would be Hesed, also known as Gedula, on the right side in the mercy sec section. And then directly up across at an angle would be Bina in the supernal, which is the mother. And then opposing it would be Hokma. And then at the top of the pet would be the Godhead, which would be Keter. But now what's funny about that is Netzak, right, is on the masculine side of the tree, right? But Mars or Mars or Gebura is on the feminine side of the tree, right? But within feminine is the masculine. Within masculine is the feminine. It's all within and without. You know, you're going to find it all. And each one of the Sephiroth is created to give equilibrium to the opposing side. Frivolity can come from mercy. And, but the severity aspect could lead to demise through, you know, 
selfishness, right? But when you harmonize the both, they give to each other and keep equilibrium. Now, if you take that tree and you flip it on its side, you're going to have four worlds or realms. And I'm not going to go into all their names and such, but this is the realms of thought into the lower realm of manifestation in the microcosm. So it's kind of like, imagine in a, in a microcosmic sense, you are looking at your desk and it's a mess, okay? And you're like, fuck, man, I need something to organize all my papers over there and to put the hard drive on so it's out of the way, so it's clean. So right there is the thought process, a deific process of thought. And now you start scratching out on a piece of paper what you're, what you're trying to come up with. Then you go and you find the product to make it. Then you put it into reality. That is the tree of life. That's what we do in magic. We drop through these sephira and these realms to bring the manifestation of what it is we desire. That's why witchcraft is microcosmic work. But macrocosmic work is more dealing with our super self, our HGA, our holy guardian angel, or our daemon, the holy daemon, um, or the, the aspect of being one with your God. This is the spiritual self. But in witchcraft, we, are, we, we stay in the pendant of Malkut. Because what do we want in the pendant, really? When you sit at home, in, in the micro self, in this realm, we live to eat, sleep, drink, shit, piss, and fuck, and die. And we want certain things to make it better. I wanted this 12 string guitar. I didn't need this to survive. I wanted it because my band needed a 12 string. So that right there is a want, that's microcosmic. It's assessing, it's, it's satiating a need that I have. That's not going to change me spiritually. See, my, see what I'm saying there? Yeah. And that's yeah. where witchcraft is different from high magic. I'm that's sorry. I'm fascinating. No, that, 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 that's awesome. I was going to say, what would you think your, your success, success rate is on like magic that you turn into something that turns into reality? Like if you um, had to put it in a percentage. I get hired. I mean, I'm, 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 I get hired for spellcraft. I'm one of the few people that actually have a, you know, have someone of a living of doing it. And when you get hired by, when, when you hire me, before you have it with, have anything done by me, you have to have a half hour consultation. And I explain to you everything that magic is and what to expect and what not to expect and what it is and what it is not. So to make a short answer to what you asked me, I would say my success rate is about 44 to 46%. And that's, that's a guesstimate. Sometimes it's 38. If anybody out there guarantees a spell will work, they're a con artist. That's bullshit. Because there's, 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 it's, there's, we're, we're dealing with the unknown, right? It's like, yes. it's, there's no way we can guarantee magic will work, right? You can't guarantee it. And another one of the main rules in magic is magic is not linear it doesn't work in your time it works in its time so when you do that spell for the object that you're trying to get like the cell phone sales 
really you probably petitioned on the macrocosm a way to get you out of a shit situation to be your better self to grow and now you're here doing what i really want to do the whole time yeah see what i'm saying so it's like we but you can't be like oh next wednesday i need this spell result well then you know what you're pissing into the wind do not go to a, a, a professional person that does spellcraft and expect 100 result if they promise you that they're a liar Okay, that's bullshit. I, I, that I'm just one person. I have no special, special abilities. The only thing I have is a catalog and a skill set, and I know how to lay things out to do a job. Um, there's no ever a guarantee. You should always have other avenues to go down. That's why you never base your health on spellcraft. You go to a doctor. Yeah. Um, the, the, the last two questions, I, I'm done with all the esoteric questions. Like um, the mind. last two questions I have for you are about your store and your app, like, because I figured that would help you promote your business. Um, but the, the, what, what can a person expect if they walk into your store, if they try to buy something from your online store? What would you say they would can expect from in your- my online store or in my store? Both. You could you could answer to both. Oh, if you walk in my store, you're going to get East Coast Attitude you're going to get someone that you might walk in and hear Prince playing, or you might walk in and hear Aerosmith or Bowie or Black Flag or Bauhaus, depending on my moment. I like to fill the room with, with music that, that fucking makes me move. Um, if you ask me a flat question, I'm going to give you a flat answer. Um, if you can't handle, handle like people that are cynical and tongue in cheek with an East coast flavor, you might get a little offended at first, but, I care about people. I really do. I'm just, I, I just shoot from the hip. That's how I was raised. I'm a Bostonian. <laughs> I'm a asshole. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I pride myself in that. Um, but I also think that what you will get that, that, my, that is different in my store than other stores. And I wish it would not be this way. I wish other stores would be this would, would be like this is our prices are at the absolute lowest they can be because you should not be raped for your spirituality. I, you know, if you buy an oil from me, it's going to be like $5 for two drams. If you buy wormwood or mugwort, it could be anywhere between three and $6 an ounce. I don't, I don't charge you on the size of the bag. I charge you on the, the ounce. And sometimes that's $1.50. You know what I mean? It's like we, we're here to take care of people and give them answers if we can. And if not, give them to somebody that can help them get there. That's important. And you'll also find Hikate and you can find a place where you can understand her and have a, have a place where you can go to light a candle or vent. Or if you want to just sit down in a chair and ask, ask questions about magic or just be our friend, then you can do that there. That's what the store offers. Um, That's as, awesome. for the, as for the online store, um, I really can't claim much there. My wife is a guru when it comes to technology and business. And she stays with the same moral values I have with not charging people lots of money. Um, but you can buy all the products that you need to, pre to perform your magic, okay? Um, and everything from essential oils to um, herbs. And a lot of our herbs are food grade. 
um, and we sell things by the half ounce and by the ounce there. You'll find books, you can find tarot cards, you can find the spell kits that my wife meticulously makes every day by hand off the Ptolemaic system that that she learned from me. And now those are filtered all over Europe. They're in stores all over the all over the world right now um, because we got them out, out that way. Um, so you can find those there. You can also find, um, I would suggest anybody that even has an inkling about Hikate to go to the website and click on her temple. You can see what it looks like in there. It's beautiful. Um, so that's what you can find in those two spaces. Yeah. And then the last question I have for you is about your app. You have a really cool app. I want people to go get it. Like, um, can you just, I know your wife designed that too, but from what you know about it, like, can you talk about your app and like, and oh, what's the, I use the app. I still use the app, I, you know, just because I am the person that, you know, was the, was a, the bulk, not all of the information, but some, a good part of it. I still will use it because what the app does, even if you are a skilled sorcerer or magician or witch say you are um trying to get a contract signed for business and you know that that contract is going to have to be governed in mercury okay but what about if it's saturday night and you have to have that thing signed monday morning are you going to wait till wednesday no no. You're, what you're going to do is you open the app, you look at any day in question, and every hour of the day is also a planet. So you can key in on the next hour of Mercury to do the work. So that is one way it's used. Also, if you want to know what associations go with Mercury or any of the planets, you would click on the planet itself and it will list all the stones, the Kabbalistic orientation, the archangel, the herbs, the oils. Um, and the flashing color that opposes it to pick up on the subconscious, as well as the gematria and the numbers that associate to each planet. So that you're going to get in there as well. And then you can also go into the, the intentions. So say you're somebody that's brand new, that is like, oh my God, I really want this, you know, I want this new job. Or better yet, let's say I want prosperity from this business that I'm trying to start. What can I do? You just run in prosperity and it's a drop down menu. And it not only teaches you candle magic, but it also teaches you how to use Grigri bags and charm bags and spell jars. It tells you how to not only invoke the energy of the planet, but banish the energy of the planet if it's in if, if you need to get rid of it. Say you're working and you've got you, you use Saturn to banish energy so you wouldn't be invoking it, but it'll teach you how to banish the Saturnian energy or the martial energy. So it teaches you all that. And, and it also teaches you how to step-by-step step write a petition of intent, which is essentially your incantation. So that's what the That's is. fascinating. This is fascinating. I, I wish we had more time to talk. Like, I, I, I think you're, like, the coolest person. Like, I, I, I might be a part – I might be interested in, like, t taking lessons from you or something because, like – this is this was really like fascinating. This was mind blowing. Th really, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just a little person from New England, you know. I just I just do not let anything get in my way. I, I it's my job as a witch and a sorcerer to make my will work, and I think we all deserve that. And I don't think anybody's better. I don't believe in gatekeeping. I believe in giving the information. That's why Crowley got thrown out of the Golden Dawn because he just gave the information away. And that's what it's about, man. 
we need to give the information. We, and as long as you give respect and honor to other people, you know, and other views and philosophies, including Christianity, that's what matters. You know, it's not about being, you know, a punk on the corner. It's, it's about fucking treating each other right. You know, and living in your living in your microcosm and manifesting your will. The the end the, the thing I always tell people at the end of my these podcasts is one thing that you should always take with you in magic. Okay, um, I have seven seven things that I tell teach my students. Okay, first thing you need is will. Okay, your will is is what's driving the work that you're doing. Next, you need faith in yourself and the work that you are going to produce. Next, you're going to need imagination because without imagination, you can't create the will. Okay. The next thing you need of that four, the initial four, is secrecy. And the reason I say secrecy is not because we don't want it, we want to keep it gate kept. But if you talk about the spells you do, you are not letting them out of the conscious mind and into the subconscious to manifest the change. And so it stays there, therefore it never moves. So you need to get it out of sight, out of mind to move forward. So just like my Italian cousins would say, forget about it, you know? And uh, the other three things that you, you need to think about when it comes to witchcraft is you cannot have no fear, no guilt, and no self-doubt in your work. Those three things can damage your work if you have any of them. If you have any of those three, then you should not be stepping up to the plate. And the very, very last thing I wanna say is remember that magic and witchcraft is real. It's not a hobby. It's not a hobbyist thing. It's not D&D. Witchcraft is, a, is like a gun. And a gun is inanimate until it's picked up. And when you pick it up, you're either gonna drop the rounds out of it and release the one that's in the chamber or you're going to fumble and get your finger in the trigger guard and it's going to go off. You have to be responsible with magic because it will it will kick your ass if you don't. Be responsible, be solid in your foundation and execute your work. That's it. Wow. That's 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 that's, that's wow. Wow, I'm lost for words. Well, I I think I said your website a couple of times, but I always have the guests tell their website at the end or however you want to be found if you want to tell everybody where to find you. And, sure. uh, and thank you, Sal. It was very nice meeting you. It, this was thank awesome. You. Um, so you can always find the store at thecrookedpathshop.com. Um, you can also find the shop Instagram at thecrookedpath underscore LA. Um, and you can find links to the uh, pr the Planetary Magic app, which is on both Googly Googly and uh, Android or whatever and Apple. And so you can find that on Planetary Magic with a K. Um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always find me on my Instagram account, which is Salvatore, S-A-L-V-A-T-O-R-E underscore modern underscore witch. That would be the way to definitely reach out. And we are obviously at 2020 West Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank, California. And the store is called The Crooked Path. Thank you.